Glad you're with us when you think you've heard it all. Uh, look at this little, uh, you know, short item we found here. Incoming freshman, freshman, Marquette University, Milwaukee School. Well, they threatened the school to cancel her admission. She posted a TikTok video. If you don't know, TikTok are these crazy videos. Kids love this stuff. Expressing support for President Trump. And now, apparently, uh, she's kind of been threatened because of it. She shared a, a video entitled, When the Libs Find Their Way to Your Page, in which she dances along with captions such as, When people see what I, that I support Trump, then try to hate on me and think I'll change my views. Anyway, she said after the video was posted that the school, Marquette's Dean of Undergraduate Admissions, told her that her acceptance was far from sure, even though she'd already paid for housing, completed a class schedule. He told her, well, I wasn't a student. And if that doesn't make me a student, she said, well, what does? Prior to that veiled threat, the pro-Trump freshman said some school administrators had then asked her questions with political implications. They asked me hypothetical questions regarding dreamers, she said, referring to undocumented immigrants who arrived as kids, et cetera, et cetera. And how would I respond if a dreamer who lived down the hall from me came up to me and told me she didn't feel safe or comfortable with my views and me being on campus? They asked me if they thought there was anything that I can do to improve my image on campus. They proceeded to ask if I was comfortable with the reputation that I have established for myself. And the assistant dean asked, if I put any thought into the response I would get, be getting from my videos. I'm like, oh, is this the new normal? Because that doesn't make any sense. You have out in, the, in Seattle, the city of Seattle held, quote, a segregated training session for white staffers last month in which they instructed workers on how to, quote, undo their whiteness and affirm their complicity in racism, according to reports. Uh, entitled Interrupting Internalized Racial Superiority and Whiteness. The training session was reportedly held by the Office of Civil Rights June the 12th, the same day the protesters took part in a chop zone demonstrations in the Capitol Hill District. Anyway, and it goes on from there. Um, but even more shocking than anything else is what we're now hearing out of Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, the squad, all things radical extreme democratic socialist. And the mob and the media helping them every step of the way. Pelosi literally saying that, you know, people will do what they do when asked about, well, what about the destruction of memorials and statues? Here's what she said. Uh, but I don't care that much about statues. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. People will do what they do. Well, what what is that, a license to go out and and have anarchy and lawlessness and destruction of property and vandalism with no real political debate. People don't want to debate it. That's fine. They can debate anything they want. If they don't like them, they that's, we have a process. It's called the legal system. Uh, we have a process that's, you have, you know, varying, you know, venues of redress. If you, if you need them, you know, you can elect politicians that propose these things, but let the people decide. Then you've got Congresswoman Omar's call and echoed by Congresswoman Tlaib's call for dismantling the entire system. We must begin with dismantling the whole system of oppression wherever we find it. Pass it on. 
well, what does that exactly mean? And then, you know, the squad members pushing wide ranging bills. They're now proposing in Congress that all police budgets are taken away. In other words, dismantling the police completely and defunding it completely in the country. And Congresswoman Omar, the U.S. cannot stop a criminal justice reform. We must dismantle the whole system of oppression. And this is on top of Biden yesterday is, yeah, police have become the enemy. I'm like, huh? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to defund the police and reallocate the money. Okay, how is that going to end? What do you do then? At what point do you say that this is going to end really badly? This is not going to end well for the American people. There's no safety. There's no security here. Um, You got Biden. Biden is actually speaking again today. Amazing. He's out of his basement bunker. I mean, you see, you got like, is he doing this? It looks like the same way he did it the last time. I guess he's in Pennsylvania. Anyway, um, but even worse than, you know, every single thing the squad has now endorsed, including the Green New Deal, Biden has adopted as his own. And yesterday we learned a lot about what Biden meant when he talked about transforming America. He said over the week, I'm going to transform America. What does that mean? Well, we're now getting an insight into what all of it means. You know, I guess that means that police have now become the enemy of the people and defunding the police is part of the transformation and rewriting the economy. His words that that's part of it. And I guess lawlessness and uh anarchy and chaz chop and so-called summer of love festive zones i guess that's the future because he hasn't spoken out about any of those things he's also called for higher taxes uh we know that we he now is supporting amnesty for anybody that's in the country illegally uh he wants basically the united sanctuary states of america we know that he doesn't want borders uh we know that he supports the 94 trillion dollar new green deal we, and now he's totally adopted and co-opted actually the exact language of Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden has his unity task force. They released recommendations for the DNC platform that literally takes word for word Bernie Sanders radical agenda. And now we've been able to compare and contrast. There, there are instances of an exact word for word copying from Bernie Sanders. And the similarities, it's beyond, you know, it's not by accident. It now shows Joe Biden is now doing something that no American candidate for president has ever done. He is running as an extreme radical socialist. This is the most extreme platform we'd ever have in the entire country. You know, when you look at, for example, you know, this task force, you know, talks about climate change, criminal justice, the economy, education, health care, immigration. It's all Bernie's plans. You know, the Medicare for all, defunding the police, New Green Deal, abolishing ICE, you know, uh, all basically in these recommendations that, you know, though the end result is not what I or my supporters would have written alone. Bernie Sanders is ecstatic. I was glad to work with the vice president. Uh, in forming six separate task forces, which had some of the most knowledgeable people in the country coming together to deal with education and climate change and health care and the economy and criminal justice and immigration reform. And these folks, needless to say, people who represented 
the progressive movement had a different perspective on things than did Biden's people. But there was serious discussion and I think a real honest effort to come up with a compromise. And I think the compromise that uh, they came up with, if implemented, will make Biden the most progressive president uh, since FDR. Even more so by a long shot. Now, do remember, as I go through this list here, that Pelosi, Schumer and Biden have had, what, a combined 125 years to do all of this and they've done none of it. Nobody wants to talk about in the mob in the media their the failed Biden Obama record. We've been telling you about it. I won't do it now. You know, they why didn't they do criminal justice reform, opportunity zones, police reform? Why didn't they do any of these things after Baltimore or Ferguson? Why didn't they do it after other high profile incidences? You know, how is it that Donald Trump in three and a half years against basically everybody in the mob, in the media, against, you know, while while a coup attempt went on for three years of his presidency, he was able to accomplish more for every minority demographic group in the country with shattering record low unemployment with a new record low unemployment, then another new record low unemployment, then another new record low unemployment. You know, on the economic front of this unity deal with Bernie, 12 weeks of paid family and medical leave, a $15 minimum wage, uh, a bill that would, you know, look into reparations, uh, Democrats committing to the first step of H.R. 40, which, you know, is the reparations bill. Um, Then it would repeal right to work laws, meaning workers cannot be forced to join a union claiming that such laws undermine worker power. Uh, Policing, we already knew about where they stood on policing. It was Donald Trump's already done all of these reforms. They didn't do it. Calls to, you know, defund the police. But, you know, whatever the reforms are that they're going to do, we know what it is because they're now doing it and he's now supporting it. And now he's even saying it in health care. They don't call it Medicare for all, which was Sanders signature proposal. But they're now calling it the high quality, high quality. OK, public option plan without deductibles. How do you, what do you think that means? Allowing people to enroll in Medicare at 60 instead of 65. By the way, nobody tells you Medicare is going bankrupt. Nobody tells you Social Security is going bankrupt, but they are. And this is the same guy that, you know, gave you Obamacare. Keep your doctor plan and save money. Millions lost their doctors. Millions lost their plans. And on average, we're paying 200% more for health care. What happened to saving $2,500 per family per year? You know, why is it that there's almost 40% of the country now that has one Obamacare exchange option? And that's it. Take it or leave it. And if we had the mandate, you'd have to take it. Trump at least got rid of that part of it. It's going to be you know, open borders. It's going to be amnesty. There's not going to be a border wall. That's not going to be good. Education is basically everything's going to be free and they'll even give you a free uh, student loan forgiveness. All right. Who, who's going to, why did I pay all my student loans back then? I paid them back. Then they have the climate change uh, task force, you know, led by another advisor of Biden, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, former Secretary of State John Kerry. And, you know, they're going to put that in the in the platform. Uh, the documents recommend Biden commit to moving the U.S. to being fully powered renewable energy ahead of the previous his previous 2050 deadline. You know, a zero net emissions 
for all new buildings by 2030. No, nobody's going to be able to, to, to make the upgrades to every household and every commercial building that they're going to demand. This will bankrupt America. You know, the reason I wrote this book that we, we will release in 26 days, Live Free or Die, I have a whole chapter. It's chapter four, Socialism, A History of Failure. It follows chapter three, Welcome to Fantasyland, the Democrats' 2020 agenda. And I'm telling you, it's when you put the two chapters together, after you read all that they're proposing and all the promises that everything's free and that they're going to get rid of oil and gas and the lifeblood of our economy and in the process, let me tell you what this will lead to the, the, the greatest, most tragic precipitous decline of a nation the world has ever seen if these idiotic policies are ever adopted. In other words, if you adopt these policies, America, as you know it, with freedom, again, we've used this freedom for the advancement of the human condition more than any other country ever in the history of mankind. But if we do it now, it'll be an unrecognizable country that will result in less freedom more poverty, more misery, and I don't think there'll be a, a, a way to dig yourself out of that hole ever. Scary times, I'll tell you. So I'm watching Biden now. He's uh, in Pennsylvania, and I don't want to play it, but um, and I guess there's like seven p- already pre-picked uh, uh, so-called media people there. See what they ask him, but he, he's got the teleprompters there. And he keeps reading the teleprompter. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, presidents use teleprompters. I don't have a problem with that part. Are they going to put up the answers as soon as, you know, the question comes up? Is that going to be in there? Because you can't see behind the teleprompter. I'm just curious. I mean, or is it, you know, you'll be able to tell by, I think, the way he answers. If he looks the person in the eye, walks, you know, looks at the person, not at the teleprompter. I want to see what happens there. I just, I, I don't trust anything that they do. I really don't. I think everybody, every, here's another thing that people tell me all the time. Democrats are telling me that they, they know Joe doesn't have it. You know, he, they know he's not, he's not up to the task. They know he, he, he's absolutely, I'll be charitable here. Um, they know he doesn't have the mental alertness and strength and stamina to be president, but they don't care. They just, they just hate Donald Trump. And that's why now we got, Biden basically embracing word for word the Bernie agenda on pretty much everything. Climate change, now the police are the enemy of the people and defunding the police and the economy and redistribution, education, healthcare, immigration, the Green New Deal. I mean, you know, th- this is now Biden's America. And, you know, for Bernie Sanders to admit what he's admitting, yeah, he'd be the most progressive candidate and president pretty much in the history of the country. Um, that's a pretty daunting admission. And and he's out there saying that, you know, and he's calling it a compromise, but I don't see it as a compromise as much as I see it as a full embrace of Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders' radical extreme socialism. And by the way, they're, they're the ones that are advising him. They're the ones he's looking to. They're the ones that he's making deals with. Now, usually, candidates, they tend to run more towards their base and primaries. And 
then move back to the center for a general election. Donald Trump breaks that mold because he's just honest all the time. Doesn't hide how he feels, but that he's, he's doing the opposite of what everyone else has done prior to him. All right, glad you're with us. Uh, thanks, Scott Shannon. 25 till the top of the hour. Hannity.com, Amazon.com. Uh, we have some announcements soon about the book. The president, by the way, will be on Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News channel. Please spread the word. Uh, for Bernie Sanders to say after this unity platform agreement, which is Biden adopting the most radical, the most extreme, the most, this is the socialist dream utopia candidacy. This is, if these policies are implemented, it will end in predictable failure. It will end in a loss of freedoms. It will end in greater poverty and greater misery. It will end with more bureaucracy. It will end with nothing but empowering bureaucrats at a level they've never, this is what he means when he says we're going to transform America. Well, now we know what transforming it into means. You know, him going on that the police have become the enemy. Absolutely, we should defund them. His words, you know, oh, and Senate Democrats, by the way, if you're not voting for Martha McSally in Arizona, pay close attention because this will be the Schumer led Senate. You know, this will be they're now floating, ending the filibuster, something I think Mitch McConnell should have done ahead of a Biden presidency. Imagine that now they'll do it. Um, But if you look at that what Biden is doing here, you know, all of these concessions to the the Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, AOC wing on climate change and the new Green Deal and Medicare for all. We'll just give it a different name. Um, we know how this is going to end and it's not going to end well. And there's nothing in these proposals that are going to increase your freedom, increase investment increase american ingenuity what do i always say barry farber great the best country in the history of mankind the united states i guess you're not any longer allowed to talk about america's greatness and exceptionalism it's not in vogue it's not in fashion it just happens to be a fact no country is a perfect country and yes we have a system designed to always become a more perfect union That system is based on a constitution. That constitution is the foundation of our rule of law. That rule of law, that now results in what? The ability of we, the people, to elect representatives so we can right wrongs, correct injustices. Something Biden was not early in his career any part of. You know, the Pelosi-Schumer-Biden love of the former Klansmen and segregationists speaks volumes about who they are. You know, the fact that Donald Trump, no, he's not a he's not a symbolism guy, but he's a guy of action. What are the actions? Criminal justice reform, police reform, the, the greatest governmental partnership with historically black colleges and opportunity zones. And the, you know what? The, the bread is, you know, the, the answer, the solutions, the results, they speak for themselves. Record after record, low unemployment. This is not going to happen. You know, Biden, oh, we're going to bring jobs back to America. What what, what cliche is that? Why didn't you do it? Why did you tell us when you were vice president, those jobs ain't coming back? Now it's also, that means 11 million illegal immigrants. That means that's amnesty. 
That means open borders. That means the United Sanctuary States of America. That means ICE will be eliminated. ICE won't be able to enforce the laws of the land. They won't even bother about trying to change it. You know, they, they literally every concession to the Sanders AOC wing on on this climate change, new Green Deal madness that would eliminate the lifeblood of the world's economy. And I'm like, that's where we're going to take this country. That is what is at stake. Why did I use the subtitle America and the world on the brink? And then in Latin, live free or America dies, because that's what's at stake here. And 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 that means pretty much everything is at stake. Um, by the way, and then you look at the media. The Washington Post is just a despicable newspaper. Trump could lose and not leave. OK, do you really think that's going to happen? But this is this this is the media. They hate Trump every second minute hour of every day. They can't they just make stuff up. You want to be safe in America? Guess what? You're not going to have a police department to call the ad of the president. That I, I think it was just dead on accurate because now it's advocated by their presidential candidate himself. Eliminating the police. The police have become the enemy, defunding them, reallocating those monies. You're not going to be safe. You know, you get rid of oil, gas, the lifeblood of our economy, the world's economy. Guess what? Your job's not going to be safe either. And your family's not going to be safe. Who's going to protect you? I mean, this radical left wing mob, you know, literally believes this garbage. And what they are advocating is dangerous. The squad is now advising Biden. Bernie is now leading the way, advising Biden. You know, Joe Biden is, you know, he's actually even plagiarizing again. Remember, he plagiarized Neil Kinnock, but now he's saying, buy American. And let's bring a menu, American manufacturing back. That's the exact opposite of what they did. We lost all those manufacturing jobs when he was vice president. Why didn't he do it then? So now they're going to give in to the far left. This rare, this has never happened before. Now, if you want some hope or some good news, I don't really put a lot of stock in polls right now. But if you look at the, the, the Stony Brook model that we talked about four years ago, um, now projects, this guy's name is uh, Professor Helmut uh, Norpath, says that Donald Trump has a 91% chance of winning when nobody else thought it. He thought Trump had an 87% chance of winning. And, you know, he's doubling down on his primary model. It's correctly predicted five out of the past six elections since 1996, every single election but two in the past 108 years, this primary model. It gives Trump a 91% chance of winning in November. The model has gotten it right of 25 out of 27 elections since 1912. So now am I putting all my hope in it? No. What is my advice on elections? Always act like you're behind. Even and with Trump, it's always going to appear that they're behind because they don't even know how to poll anymore. You know, they're poll. Let's poll registered voters. Uh, let's uh, let's poll 20 percent more Democrats. That's not going to work. When you look at Biden's Social Security agenda, they literally copied it word for word from Bernie Sanders. You know, if you look at his economic agenda again, they they literally plagiarized it from Bernie Sanders. Then they plagiarized by American from Donald Trump. I mean, what, are the, what is he going to now put, a, put on a, a blue Make America Great Again hat? I mean, he steals everything else. 
But now what he's stealing is from the hardcore left wing of the country. Now, another thing to watch for, and we've been talking about it. I know the great one, Mark Levin, has been talking about it. Um, And that is this idea that they're going to try and, you know, create a buffer so that Biden doesn't have to debate Donald Trump. And you got Thomas Friedman saying, oh, no, no, we need rules. We'll only debate under two conditions. One, that we have a fact-checking squad. What are they going to have at Jack at Twitter's fact-checking team from CNN and the Washington Post? And you fact-check during the, the middle of the debate? That's what campaigns are supposed to do. Really? That, that, that's got to be included? Or else he's not going to show up. I thought he was dying to debate Trump. I can't wait to debate Trump. I can't wait to put my cognitive abilities against Donald Trump's cognitive abilities. Okay. If, if that's what you're going to say... Okay, so we'll have a fact check team running and 10 minutes before the scheduled conclusion, up come the fact checkers. Who's going to fact check the fact checkers? Um, it's, you, you can't even believe just It's just unbelievable. They don't want him to debate. I thought he was couldn't wait to compare his cognitive abilities because he's tested all the time for his cognitive abilities. I'd like to see the results of the test of his cognitive abilities. And I'd like to see him take the same cognitive test that Donald Trump took and aced. Take the same one. Let's see how you do, Joe. And have the same people administer it. You know, you know, police have become the enemy that when they're when they're like the military invading. What do you mean like the military invading? You know, Joe Biden has been what's wrong with Washington since he got there in the 70s for crying out loud. What has he ever done? You know, Trump always says all talk, no action. Okay. and by the way, they want transparency on the other thing that the New York Times is saying, unless he gives up his taxes and we have that the court ruling today, which basically throws it back to the lower court. And I mean, I'll tell you one thing. John, John Roberts is a disaster on the Supreme Court. And let me tell you what's happened to John Roberts. And I have had my insider sources telling me this for a long time. And it started with the Obamacare decision. And John Roberts is more interested in how the court is perceived than actually following the Constitution and the rule of law. That's what's happened to John Roberts. You know, as far as, you know, other, I just, it makes no sense to me. Because it's not constitutional. Um, then you have, uh, it come, doesn't appear, one article out today, it was on foxnews.com, that Biden does not inspire confidence in young African Americans. And on Wednesday, USA Today reporting that many black voters are not enthusiastic about his campaign, even hesitating to vote for him. Kanye West, he's taken a very strong position. He tweeted out a photo of babies in the womb and, quote, these souls deserve to live if he's serious about his presidential run. And, uh, you know, I guess he deleted one of the tweets. And he also pointed out something we made a point about many, many times about and that's, you know, the, the founder of Plan uh, uh, Parenthood, what's her name, Margaret uh, Sanger, whatever her name is, you know, was a racist and believed in, you know, eugenics. I mean, it just absolutely, we full on. Why are we paying money for that? Why are taxpayers paying money for that? Doesn't make sense either. You know, as far as now Joe Biden's plan, okay, you have... The squad, now Congress wants to defund police around the country, and with it, they want a reparations bill attached to it. Uh, you literally have, you know, this is socialism, Marxism, 
And and now they're openly on the left and talking about, as Biden is talking about, a transforming America and rebuilding America. But we into what we only know that it's going to be their socialist utopia. Um, you look at, you know, everything else that's happening. I, I love how, you know, CNN is blaming the skyrocketing violent crime on uh, reopening the economy. Well, I thought it was coronavirus. I mean, so, you know, I'm telling you this, all of this gives me a very bad feeling because now we know where they're headed. You got all these liberal cities and states, they've been left helpless. You have a Minneapolis salon owner saying that the city is not helping after the business was torched. I'm just left alone, unquote. You got Beto Bozo, you know, the guy that wants to go door to door and confiscate guns that is also an advisor to Biden, you know, blaming the GOP death cult mentality for the rise of violence. Is that why Bezo, Bozo? You know, then we've got um, a an activist confronting the Minneapolis City Council members over dismantling the police force. Uh, now they want to get rid of the police force, Black Lives Matter, in five years. No more police, period. Seattle is holding, as I said, these segregated training sessions on undoing whiteness and encouraging staffers to, quote, forfeit guaranteed physical safety. Huh? How do you have a pursuit of happiness if if you're not safe and secure in your home or your neighborhood or your city or your town? I don't know how you begin to get to pursue happiness if you're not safe, if our kids are being killed in their backyard on the 4th of July or if they happen to you know, drive down the wrong street in Atlanta and not realizing that it is an autonomous zone that was set up in Atlanta that the Atlanta mayor refused to deal with like the Seattle mayor refused to deal with it. You've got on top of that, okay, what about all crime victims? You know, New York City spiraling out of control. You know, now they're actually forcing cops in New York that want to retire They're limiting retirement applications. They don't have a right to limit retirement applications. If you did your time, you get to retire. Now it's over 800. They want out, and I don't blame them. Um, Then we have in New York, the state's attorney general calling for a change, an existing structure of the NYPD. Well, there'll be a change with a billion-dollar reduction in spending. That change is coming. Uh, That's not going to end up well for anybody. You know, the the cancel culture now is everywhere. I'm just, you know, what am I saying here? New Green Deal, end of energy as we know it, redistribution of wealth, everything's free. They implement these policies, America as you know it, the shining city on a hill, the light to the world, the country that literally abused less power than any country in history. We're not perfect, but we always work to become a more perfect union, but... We're able to do that even in spite of the people that Biden and Pelosi and Schumer and Bill and Hillary admired the segregationists in their era that they always praised. And everybody in the mob is willing to give them a pass on, which they would never do with Donald Trump. We still can become a more perfect union and we've made progress, but we have a lot of other progress we got to make. I think the first thing you want to do, they want to debate statues. Well, I guess Nancy Pelosi is now supporting the right of people to do whatever they want. Okay, well, why don't we first make every na- every American safe and secure in their city and their town? And why don't we fix a broken educational system that they're responsible for after decades of democratic failure? I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. 
They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. Lindsey Graham uh, told CBS News, uh, the Justice Department is vetting information from Rudy Giuliani about your son's work in Ukraine. Are, are you concerned a federal investigation you, may be launched? Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> are you concerned a federal investigation may Giuliani. be launched? Rudy Giuliani. Are you concerned from a federal Ru investigation? No, from, look, I, I expect, look, I expect Trump to do the same exact thing he's been doing. Why has he been attacking me from the beginning? Why did he risk, and he should have been impeached, why did he risk getting convicted by going to a foreign leader to say, don't, you don't have to give me anything on Biden, there's nothing to get, just tell me that you're going to investigate him so I can hurt him. Have you ever seen a sitting president as concerned about a single nominee and trying to stop a nominee? Mm -hmm. Do you think your son I, is fair game, Mr. President, Mr. Vice President? Do you think your son is fair game here? His son or my son? Your son, Hunter. I don't think I don't think our sons are fair game at all. No one has said he's done anything wrong except the thug R Rudy Giuliani. Come on, Rudy Giuliani, a character witness. When he said, I hope you know what you're doing. What did he think you were doing? Well, he read the press reports that I joined the board of Burisma, which was a Ukrainian natural gas company. And there's been a, a, a lot of misinformation about me, not about my dad. Nobody buys that, but it buys this idea that I was unqualified to be on the board. What were your qualifications to be on the board of Burisma? Well, I was vice chairman of the board of Amtrak for five years. I was the chairman of the board of the UN World Food Program. I was a lawyer for Boy Schiller Flexner, one of the most prestigious law firms in the world. You didn't have any extensive knowledge about natural gas or Ukraine itself, though? Uh, no, but I think that I had as much knowledge as anybody else that was on the board. I, if not more. In the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice president. Of course, president. yeah. No, I, what I, role do you think that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States. You were paid $50,000 a month for your position? Look, I'm a private citizen. One thing that I don't have to do is sit here and open my kimono as it relates to how much money I make or make or did or didn't. But it's all been reported. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. Did these Russian criminals, Putin operatives, when Hillary was secretary of state, Barack Obama's the president. And again, you're, you're there when they first get into office. Did they express any specific Clinton strategy, how to get her on board? Or did they express any Obama strategy? This was a criminal investigation of people that I had reported and yes, the Russians and the United States conspirators I was working with stated the Clintons were implicated. But that was not the focus of what I was doing. And I did not believe until Uranium One approval actually happened that the indications from these Russians were solid about the Clintons influencing that decision. Were they telling you that they had confidence that Clinton would sign off on this deal? Absolute confidence. Did they have confidence that Obama would sign off on this deal? They were quite sure that Obama and the administration who they had deemed and, and labeled as being very weak multiple times would respond favorably. 
All right, that you know, li- listen to what you just heard there. By the way, uh, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, eight hundred nine four one. Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, the last cut you heard was William Campbell. Remember the Uranium One informant saying Russian operatives were confident they could get Hillary Clinton and Obama to sign off on Uranium One approval. And what do we ever hear from any Democrats about any of this? Nothing. We have a a dirty Russian propaganda misinformation dossier bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton, unverifiable, now proven false, used as the basis to spy on a presidential candidate, a transition team, and deep into the presidency of Donald Trump. And and now we're hearing reports, well, John Durham might not get to the end of the investigation until after the election. Well, how did we move so fast when it came to uh, Michael Flynn and Papadopoulos and Manafort and Cohn uh, and Roger Stone, who's now facing jail time, even though he never had a fair and impartial jury? I mean, it's just unbelievable to me. And on top of that, then you got Joe Biden. No, nobody believes this, but Rudy? No, you said you're not getting the billion until you fire the prosecutor investigating my zero experience son, Hunter. You're paying millions. for for, And then you hear Hunter, I don't know, any, any experience in oil? No. Gas? No. Energy? No. Ukraine? No. Why do you think you're getting paid? I don't know. Maybe because your, your father's the vice president? Probably. You know, he said in that same interview, I never got a penny from China. Well, okay, he's off the board. That's the company that he was on uh, that got the $1.5 billion deal just a couple of weeks after he was aboard Air Force Two and they flew into China, you know, $1.5 billion. But he might be off the board, but he still holds 10% of the company or his return just he hasn't cashed it in yet. Anybody in the mob and the media seem to care about that? No, they really don't. Uh, anyway, Joe, should we talk about your, your son being paid millions off your name and you threatening the prosecutor with taxpayer money? No, we shouldn't talk about that. Or, oh, okay. And it wasn't only Rudy Giuliani. Anybody that has half a brain and eyes to see and ears to hear understands this. So, you know, whether or not is anything going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. John Solomon, he has an upcoming book. It's called Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and... The Washington lies that enrich the Clinton and Biden dynasties. Uh, John Solomon, investigative uh, reporter, justthenews.com. Well, I can't wait for this book to come out. Should be interesting. Um, Be nice to know that there is a chance of some justice, uh, equal justice and equal application of our laws. Why is Durham having a hard time figuring out simple, you know, law 101? You can't have premeditated fraud before a FISA court. Uh, you can't lie on the FISA application and uh, and all the other crimes we have we have literally spelled out in detail here. Yeah, listen, it's not going to be hard to figure out any of these things, right? They're sitting in plain view. They have been for years. And in the book, Fallout, I talk a lot about not only about the evidence that John Durham already has before him, but some of the evidence that the Obama administration had back in 2010 when it was trying to cozy up to Russia, when Bill Clinton was getting $500,000 checks from Vladimir Putin's pals, when we were giving away nuclear assets to Russia, our government knew, our Obama administration knew that the very company they were dealing with, Rosatom, was engaged in bribery, uh, kickbacks, and, and a conspiracy to uh, violate federal law. They knew that before they approved the transaction that we now know as Uranium One that became a big focus of Peter Schweitzer's great book. 
For years, the Obama administration has been telling us we had no idea, we had no reason to block that transaction, we had no reason to doubt Vladimir Putin's intentions. Well, in this book, we put out a document that debunks that entire scenario. In August of 2010, two months before the Obama administration gave one of the greatest giveaways in the history of U.S.-Russia relations, giving away the Uranium One assets on American soil to Rosatom, there was a briefing, a private briefing sent across the entire government, including the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the Energy Department, and they were told, hey, guys, Rosatom, that group that you're going to be giving these assets to, they're under investigation for bribery and kickbacks and extortion, and they still proceeded to give away those assets. And that's not all they gave away. They gave away billions of dollars of contracts between American utilities and Russian uranium providers, meaning our energy uh, supply in the United States, thanks to Barack Obama, is dependent on Vladimir Putin's uranium supplies. Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, those are the ones who gave away those uh, goods to the Russians. Well, I mean, all of this now is is chronicle, but nothing ever gets done. I mean, I'll be honest, John, I'm beginning to get to the point where I just I just I'm not believing in equal justice anymore. I'm not believing yeah. in equal application of our laws. You know, um, I, 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 there just seems to be this double standard. You know, if, if you if you're jaywalking or you get a parking ticket you didn't pay, I mean, that that now will warrant if you support Donald Trump. You know, 29 guys in tactical gear and a pre-dawn raid and, and fake news CNN cameras watching it all and videotaping it all. I mean, you know, for a process crime, I, I, I just don't have faith in that small period of time for, for many of the same crimes, including same process crimes, because we had multiple referrals by the inspector general and not, not one single indictment. We went over everything as it relates to Uranium One. I mean, I, I, I mean... All the money that was kicked back to the Clinton Foundation in that particular case, and she signed right. off on that. Uh, and we had, literally, we had William Campbell doing the work. He was a spy inside of Putin's network, and bribery and extortion and kickbacks and money laundering. He chronicled all of it. I've interviewed him. You've interviewed him. Uh, nothing right. seems to happen there either. Uh, Bob no. Mueller was on his watch that all that happened. It's, you're so true, and you, you understand that. I mean, you've eloquently said why the American public now is so frustrated. They do see two systems of justice. They see Mike Flynn get prosecuted after the career FBI agent who investigated him for five months said he didn't do anything wrong, and then we go ahead and prosecute him anyways. And then you see people... Uh, like many of the figures that were benefiting in Russia during this nuclear transaction in the Clinton-Obama years, they walk away scot-free with millions of dollars in their pocket, and uh, there's no consequence whatsoever. And I talk about in the book, in Fallout, I talk about that the decade from 2009 to 2019, where we went from the failed Russian reboot, the fake Russia scandal, the fake Ukraine scandal, the impeachment and acquittal of President Trump, I call it the decade of deceit. And why do I call it that? Because you look at that era, there were institutions that we always came to trust, that they were going to call it straight, right? They weren't going to play politics. The facts were the facts. And that was the Justice Department, the FBI, most of the news media until recently. And in that decade of 2009 to 2019, all of those institutions turned their backs on the truth and instead focused on politics and creating outcomes and agendas, not following the facts, not following the law. It's going to be one of the most consequential decades in our American history if people like John Durham and Bill Barr don't finally bring accountability to those who carried out the crimes of the last decade.
Well, I mean, this is the point. Now, where are we? I know that apparently for a while grand juries have been shut down. My my understanding is they're open. I mean, how much longer do we have to wait? Because Bill Barr said we'll get something sometime in the summer. I don't know what that means. And he said it's not a report that Durham was working on, but a criminal investigation. So that would tell me that, you know, what's a report, John Solomon, except, oh, it's news for what, 24 hours, if that? And then the mob covers it up and then everybody walks away, you know, scot-free. Those that lied under oath, those that committed, had premeditated fraud on a FISA uh, court, those that abused their power, they all just walk away scot-free. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the case. And listen, I, I I can only rely on the reporting and facts that are in front of me right now. And I'm going to say, I'll give you the very latest of what I know. In the last two months, there has been activity consistent with building a criminal case against a small number of people that were involved in the FBI Russia investigation, looking at crimes such as deceiving the FISA court, destroying or uh, altering federal documents to make to make them misleading to the court, to the Congress and other crimes. And I've seen activity that's consistent in in any federal case of moving towards criminal charges. Now, it's been slowed a little bit by the grand juries, but listen, uh, Giselle Maxwell got indicted a couple of weeks ago. There was room in New York at a grand jury to get her indicted. There is capacity and room to get this case done. The timetable that I'm hearing from defense lawyers and from people that are knowledgeable this investigation is they think something will happen just before or just after Labor Day, at the very end of summer, that's let me let me take a break. We'll come up. back yeah. and we'll get back to the time frame of when Durham could do something here. All right, final moment here with uh, John Solomon. Then we'll get to your calls, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program, straight to the phones. Uh, his new book, by the way, coming out, Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and the Washington Lies that Enriched the Clinton and Biden Dynasties. We have it up on Hannity.com. It's on Amazon.com. Uh, all right, so... By the end of the summer, before Labor Day, what would you expect? Yeah, I think there are two possibilities. I think there could be a plea deal with one or two people who are in the crosshairs right now. It's in their interest to make a deal and cooperate. And then I think that cooperation could lead to one or two indictments. I think the the focus is on three things, false testimony, alteration of documents, and an effort, a conspiracy, to deceive the FISA court. Those are the three crimes they're looking at, as best I can tell from my reporting. I think you might see a plea deal and then an indictment if they can get it all together in time before Labor Day. All right, John Solomon, it's up on Hannity.com, Amazon.com. Thanks for being with us when we come back. Wide open telephones. Uh, Also, we will talk about all these efforts, the coverage on the other media literally cheerleading, uh, you know, a whole series of issues. Anything to help Joe Biden. Joe Concha, Mark Simone, check in. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the show? Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Fox News will continue. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 26 days. Well, this is it. I mean, I can't have any more urgency than I have, except that, yeah, this election's going to matter. You know, just just look at Biden. Look at the transformation of America. Look at look at him buying into all things Bernie Sanders, all things AOC, all things. Yeah, the the police are the enemy. Defund the police. Okay, you know, I guess you know it comes down to this. It's we'll get the America we deserve. At the end of the day, you're gonna get the country you deserve. In other words, if Americans 
if if they're not paying attention, that's and that's what live free or die, America and the world on the brink. You know, it's it's literally it's like we're it's like a razor's edge to me because I always like to look at elections as, okay. you always fight as though you're down. Well, the polls will tell you that the president's down, just like all the polls in 2016 said so. And I, you know, I, I do believe I do have faith in the American people, but there's certainly an onslaught of never ending you know, unprecedented attacks against the president. You have the biggest campaign contribution ever in the history of presidential politics, which is 99.9% of the mob in the media. They've gone all in for Joe Biden, all things socialist, radical, extremist, defund the police. Yeah, we're reporting live from, it's like a festival atmosphere here. You know, even when the anarchists say it's not a festival, live on television, a fake news, CNN and MSDNC. It doesn't matter. They'll never tell you the failed record of Biden and Obama. They'll never tell you the success of Donald Trump. They'll never educate you uh, on the issues of, for example, socialism and the history of complete and utter failure. They'll never give you what the 2020 Democratic radical extreme socialist agenda even is. They, they, they went along with, they aided and abetted the biggest hoax ever perpetrated on the American people over this Trump-Russia collusion. You know, then, then of course, the, the Ukrainian impeachment, because that has caused great damage to this country. I lay it, that's why I lay it all out in writing. And, of course, what the option is, what the president is offering, what his successes have been, what his promises were, the promises he's kept. And on every single issue, I can't even find an issue where this radical, extreme Democratic Socialist Party and and I agree. There's no common ground. I don't see common ground. And the only way to prevent it is to win the election. And that's in, a well, 117 days. There's a lot at stake. In my view, these policies that they would implement... What you think you you think considering or calling cops the enemy of the people and defunding the police, you know, think of that one issue, safety and security of every American. How how do we think that's going to end up? How do you think Joe Biden will act in terms of the courts in this country? How do you think 11 million plus illegal immigrants getting amnesty? How do you think that's going to play out in the country? Say, you know, the United Sanctuary States of America. How does how does that sound to you? You know, how does it sound that we're going to give up all oil and gas and the lifeblood of our economy and and give up what we've been trying to at least attempting to achieve in 75 years and only Trump got it done. And that is we're now energy independent and we're the world's number one producer of energy worldwide. We beat everybody. Russia, we beat them. The, Saudis, we beat them too. Venezuela, we crushed them. Where has socialism ever worked when you think about it? You know, it's a foreign policy. Okay, what, are we going to load up more cargo planes with $150 more in cash to people that say chant death to us? And then the deep state gets away with everything? Look, I, um, I, I, I hope and I pray that America makes the right choice. I say this all the time. I can't make, I have one vote. 
And I better not tweet it out. If I do, I'll be in trouble. Um, But there's a lot at stake here. Yes, Linda, you wanted to say. So one really important uh, note about your book that nobody knows about. There is also an audio book of Live Free or Die, and you're the person who actually voiced it and did all the work on this, and I think that people should know that. So if you're at home, you're working, you're doing something, you want to listen to somebody really giving you the information that you can't get anywhere else, you don't have time to sit down and read, or you're maybe out doing a run, you're working out, I mean, you can get the audio book too. So I just wanted to let everybody know that you did that. Uh, what was it, about 20 hours of nonstop talking It was a long time. Yeah, it, it was a, a joyful but, experience. But you know what? I was glad to do it. And <laughs> I, you know, most authors won't do that. Um, no, they won't. And it's a big I did deal. It on my you first did it two yourself. Books, and I did it yes. on this book. It just is hard work. I mean, it's it's a grind. And, and you know, of course, I want to interject my personality to the extent that you can, uh, but be true to the text of the book. And, and I yep. think we were able to pull that off. But it came uh, out yeah. great. It's awesome. We just haven't talked about it's it yet. Awesome. I want to make sure it's that we awesome. mentioned it. awesome. I agree. It's awesome. awesome. Just go to Hannity.com or Amazon.com. That's right. Uh, uh, okay, let's get to our phone. All right, Scott in Texas. What's up, Scott? How are you? Uh, very well. Thanks for having me on the air. Um, you know, you talked about Joe Biden's transformation. We just have to take a look at current activities compared to past. For example, if you look at the autonomous zones, the people that were uh, preventing the police officers and any type of keeping of the peace are the ones holding the weapons. But the actual honest citizen in Democrat cities has a hard time getting a weapon and hanging on to it because the laws are being turned against the citizens. If you consider businesses, they bailed out looters and rioters. But do you remember the EPA that said put a boot on someone's neck and the rest will fall in line? Uh, we could talk about uh, the straw men with Fast and Furious. They were selling guns that resulted in deaths of thousands. If you consider uh, Joe Biden's actions in the Oval Office is reflecting toward Michael Flynn, they used the instrumentalities of government to willingly and knowingly contort the law to put a man that was innocent in jail. They have all the documentations that speak about it. So if you want to know what he's going to turn it into, just look at what we've done over the past few years under his office. Lastly, look at Black Lives Matter. I believe her name is Rosenberg. She was um, pardoned by Bill Clinton. She was a terrorist, arrested for terrorism. He pardoned as he went out of the office. She's now on the board of fundraising for Black Lives Matter. Everywhere you turn, they create anarchy. In the Democrat cities over the last six weeks, if I'm not mistaken, over 600 people have lost their lives due to violence. It goes uh, on and Listen, on and on. I, you know, the thing is, and this was what was fascinating and, and disturbing even with the Don Lemon discussion that we played a little bit yesterday about, and to me, it, 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 okay, Black Lives Matter. Now, I make the distinction between the group, and that's the what do we want dead cops, when do we want them now, and pigs in a blanket fry them like bacon, and... And then I I separate out, and I think rightly so, people that were outraged over the the death of George Floyd. Um, And there were plenty of peaceful protesters, the anarchists among them, and and they tended to just take over, um, even peaceful protesting. And then it got way out of control, and then these governors and mayors didn't do a thing or lift a finger, and now you got, you know, police precincts burned to the ground, chop chaz zones, summer love zones, one in Atlanta, one in Seattle, uh, in neither case did it end well. You see violence spiraling out of control. Now it's defund the police, eliminate the police. And and now it's even adopted by the, the likes of their presidential candidate on the left, which is Joe Biden. So um, 
and and the irony is, okay, who are you going to call? You can't even in in a lot of these blue states and cities even defend yourself with the same tools that the politicians have available to them because they all have their bodyguards. I mean, the irony of all ironies is the Minneapolis city council members that hired private security guards after they voted to defund the police. Well, they're well taken care of. Hollywood stars will be well taken care of. They don't have to worry about going on a plane and, you know, wearing their mask properly on a plane because they all have their private jets with their private security that go with them everywhere they go. And, you know, and then lecture us about the the SUVs or caravans we drive. I mean, the, it just it's just reeking hypocrisy. They don't care. They care about Russia collusion, but not Hillary's dirty dossier, not Uranium One. Uh, they care about uh, obstruction of justice, but not the deleted emails and the bleach bit and the hammers. They care about, you know, quid pro quos, but not Joe and zero experience hunter. So, you know, these are the times we're living in. And that's what makes 117 days from now so urgent, at least in my mind. And I've got like these internal sirens just spinning and spiraling out of control, to be honest. And that is uh, everything is at stake here because the policies, the stated policies will, if implemented, will render America unrecognizable. The, 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 there is nothing in their economic policy that will do anything but destroy the world's greatest economy and will lose freedoms in the process. You know, you give up freedom every time they offer false security. And if you think Obamacare, every promise broken there was bad, just, you know, that, that that's that's like a, a, you know, to use the phrase an hors d'oeuvre, you know, a little little hot dog wrapped in a bun compared to the main course that's coming of of socialist destruction. And that's what they're now advocating more openly than ever before, transforming the country. They're saying it. Anyway, it didn't mean to be long-winded. Uh, Tony Detroit. Tony, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean. Can't wait for your book. Hope you get it out very fast here. 26 um, days, 26. my friend. Hannity.com. If you want to send me a signed copy, I won't refuse it. But I just uh, want to see. <laughs> we're going to have announcements, and uh, just stay tuned, okay? Awesome. <laughs> Good. Got a scary picture to paint for you here. If Sloppy Joe becomes president, and you know he doesn't have the stamina for the next four years. Who becomes president next? It's the vice president, right? So it's probably either going to be that Atlanta mayor, uh, uh, governor, or even the one here in Michigan, the nut job here. But if they can't do the job, who's next in line? It's the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Can you imagine her being the president? Well, it would be the vice president. She'd be next in line. You're you're absolutely right. Look, I just keep going back. You know, think about this. Schumer, Biden, Pelosi, 125 years plus experience. What have they done? I'll put Donald Trump's three and a half year record up against their 125 years of failure any day of the week. All all the things they're talking about now, we've got to do this and we've got to do this and we've got to do this. Why didn't you do all those things in the 125 years? Right. You're absolutely right. This has uh, got to stop. you got to get out the vote. They have to uh, go out listen, the vote. Listen, on Hannity.com, we've created an interactive map. You can find out who's running and what your district is, you know, registration deadlines, early voting times. How do you do absentee vo- voting? It's, it's just, frankly, an informative part of the site, you know, so that you don't get caught 
you know, when does registration end? You know, maybe you'll find, oh, I can't register. Okay, well, that was the time to be thinking about it. Because 108, 17 days are going to go by very quickly. This is going to fly by, and the next thing you'll know, it's election night, and you'll be like, holy crap, Hannity, it's here. And then I'm going to come on the air the next day with either good news or really crappy news. So, you and you'll decide it. I was glad to work with the vice president uh, in forming six separate task forces, which had some of the most knowledgeable people in the country coming together to deal with education and climate change and health care and the economy and criminal justice and immigration reform. And these folks, needless to say, people who represented the progressive movement had a different perspective on things than did Biden's people. But there was serious discussion and I think a real honest in effort to come up with a compromise. And I think the compromise that uh, they came up with, if implemented, will make Biden the most progressive president uh, since FDR. All right, when we come back, just 117 days to go until you become the ultimate jury. I hope you're feeling the pressure. I'm hoping you, you know, I'm hoping you feel the magnitude of the moment. You know, a lot of people just in their whole life, they try to avoid pressure, try to avoid pressure. I don't, I don't avoid pressure in my life. I, I absorb pressure on a daily basis, embrace it even. And so the pressure that you're going to feel hopefully is the good pressure of helping to, you know, keep America on the right track and, and keep a strong foreign policy and better trade deals and continue building the wall and more tax cuts and and judges that actually believe in the constitution we have plenty that don't so there's a lot on the line and energy independence there's another one anyway uh we'll take a quick break we'll talk about all of this biden's gas from yesterday joe concha and mark simone always a fun time and your calls also coming up next half hour sean hannity show all right, 26 days, 117 days till Election Day, and you're the ultimate jury, and we have every single thing that we believe in as conservatives on the line here. Are you registered to vote? Go to Hannity.com, and we'll give you information. Early voting, you get that information. You'll get information about uh, absentee voting if you're going to be out of the country or out of out of pocket, or maybe maybe you know you have a surgery coming up, whatever it happens to be. Anyway, we put it up there as a service. Uh, yeah, uh, we're giving. This is a dire warning to America. Live free or America dies. America and the world on the brink. And in Latin, live free uh, or America dies. The America that is capitalism. The America that is entrepreneurialism. The America that is the exceptional na- uh, nation that it is. Law and order is on the ballot. Taxes are on the ballot. Confiscation of wealth is on the ballot. Energy independence is on the ballot. Borders are on the ballot. Uh, Whether we'll be, you know, uh, whether we reward illegal immigrants with uh, amnesty, Uh, the United Sanctuary States of America, trade policies on the ballot, foreign policies on the ballot. And most people don't even know the extent, everything that you would need to know about you to make the perfect decision. We put in the book. It's on Hannity.com. All right. Let's go back to yesterday. You know, Biden supporting uh, the policy of, of releasing police officers records and uh, the police are the uh, the the enemy of the people. Really? Uh, you know, then going a little bit further and actually saying about the police, yeah, we should defund them. You know, OK, let, let's play that. Then we've got Nancy Pelosi. I don't care about statues. I didn't have um, I don't have my grandmother's earrings. What does that mean? 
And then her answer to what the mob is doing with the destruction and the anarchy. Well, people are going to do what they're going to do, dismissing the mob. Let's play that. Uh, surplus military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that... Do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes, uh, absolutely. One of the things that we also need to be doing is fundamentally changing the way, and I've been pushing it for years, changing the way we deal with our prison system. There's a need for fundamental change in us being have, able to have transparency, be able to have access to the records of police when they have misconduct charges against them, to be able to know where they are so they can't go from one police department to the next. That should be held in my administration. That information will have to be made available to the Justice Department and held in a file so you'll be able to track this. We're going to have a breathtaking opportunity to create good paying union jobs, to deliver the promise of America to Americans who've been denied it for much too long, to rewrite our economy so the prosperity flows not just to CEOs, but the workers who actually build the country. Um, Madam Speaker, this question is close to home for you. Um, the city of Richmond is obviously in sync with your desire to get rid of Confederate statues, but in Baltimore and Little Italy, the statue of Christopher Columbus was removed or taken down. And I wonder if you have anything to share about that. Well, I'm not a, a big, you know, I, I don't even have my grandmother's earrings. I'm not a big... Uh, let's see what we have in terms of monuments in this. Uh, but I don't care that much about statues. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People do what they do. Oh, people are just going to do what they do. Oh, okay. Let's support mob rule then. Joe Concha, commentator, opinion columnist, The Hill. Mark Simone, host of the top morning show, WOR, our affiliate in New York City. Welcome both of you back to the program. Uh, Mark Simone, uh, okay, it's pretty simple. Joe's going to transform America. Police are the enemy of the people. We'll defund them. I'll reallocate the funds there. We will rewrite the economy. And uh, pretty much every single issue that matters to every American, you know, add to it the new Green Deal, everything's free, uh, no oil, no gas, uh, no energy independence, higher taxes, open borders, amnesty, and the United Sanctuary States of America. I would say this is the biggest choice election of my lifetime, and I know you're much younger than me. Well, you think you're underestimating some of the brilliant ideas Joe Biden came up with. Bring back manufacturing jobs, uh, increase productivity, uh, create This is this kind of thinking. Well, wait, wait, Mark, didn't they say those jobs, they ain't coming back? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I know he's reading off a teleprompter, but it's like they copy and pasted uh, President Trump's 2016 speeches. It's the same stuff all over again. And you got to ask yourself a question. This guy been there 50 years. He was in uh, the administration for eight years. He didn't fix anything then. Are we supposed to believe that now that his mind is even sharper, this time he'll really fix it? He won't forget this time to do it. And, Joe, I mean, I, 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 the Democratic Party in years gone by... They used to hide it. Now they've they, they've embraced everything that is extreme radical socialist. Now he's in bed with by, uh, Bernie Sanders. He's openly embracing the Sanders agenda, the Ocasio-Cortez uh, uh, agenda. 
um, every single liberal socialist dream checklist that you could ever want if you believe in socialism in spite of its record of endless failure and poverty and misery and government control and loss of freedoms. You know, let's forget all that part. And let's just, you know, act like everything's going to really be free, even though you don't even need a calculator to add up in your head that none of this is doable. Yes, yeah, so not even embracing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's physicians, but even naming her the head of his task force on climate change, which means that he is endorsing Green New Deal, which he has, which means that's trillions in spending, which means, can somebody please out there, one journalist interviewing Joe Biden asked, how can you possibly pay just for the Green New Deal alone without raising taxes in the middle class. And there's no good way to answer that. Well, why can't Joe Biden never be asking in the interview, okay, you say Black Lives Matter, do Blue Lives Matter too? Because obviously you want to defund police, so that's only going to make their job harder. He's never asked any of these questions, and we always pretend as if he wasn't, to Mark's point, in office for eight years. And he didn't do anything about prison reform. President Trump address that and we got a bad phone line stay there joe concha uh, let me let me pick up on joe's point though mark simone and that he, he's right prison reform was trump uh criminal justice reform was trump opportunity zones that was trump the the largest amount of money the longest uh period of time commitment to historically black colleges that was trump too uh record low after record low unemployment for every demographic group in the country that wasn't Biden and, and, and Barack. That was, that was Donald Trump. You know, and, and you watch this media factor in all of this, and, and they, they won't ever say a good word about Trump, and they'll ignore every single solitary you know, screw-up of Biden, including what he said yesterday. Yeah, it's not about real solutions for them. It's about grabbing power. It's about holding power. As you said, with Donald Trump, you can measure this, real metrics, job numbers, employment numbers, uh, the economy, in numbers, in results. When you get to Biden and Ocasio-Cortez and our mayor, crazy mayor here in New York, and all these left-wing mayors, it's all superficial gimmicks. You know, rather than police reform, come up with the right procedures and policies, we'll paint something on the street. That'll take care of it. It's just symbolic stuff. We'll tear down a statue. We'll rename a street. This doesn't accomplish anything. And, and it's, it, I don't know why Democratic voters fall for this. What do you think? Because New York, for example, and, and probably just for people outside of New York, Mark Simone is probably is, is the most connected person. You and Curtis Lewa, by far, the most connected oh. people in all of New York. And how is what, what do you predict? New York's already been the number one state in terms of losing people. A mass exodus has been happening. California sees it. Illinois sees it. New Jersey is seeing it. And people are just saying enough with the burdensome bureaucracy, the high taxes, the utter incompetence, the pandemic, the violence, the defunding the police now. And people are leaving with with their feet. You know, I, I from my perspective, maybe I'm wrong. I think this is going to precipitate a mass exodus from all of these states now. Oh, a huge exodus. Uh, I'm talking to moving companies. They have never had this kind of business. They don't have enough moving vans. You know, just a little state of Connecticut. They've already checked with the post office. 16,000 people have just changed their address from New York City to Connecticut. And it's going to be the same for Long Island, everywhere. And everybody is fleeing the city. Crime is now everywhere. It's out of control. You know, they keep talking about reopening Broadway. Nobody's going to go there. If you, if you look at what the theater district, Times Square, all that area looks like now, it's just a war zone there. Nobody's going to set foot in there. You know, I mean, and that's the strange thing. Uh, do we have Joe Concha back? All right, yeah. Joe, you know New York City. I'm, I'm predicting, like Mark, a mass exodus, but not only from New York City. 
I mean, Mark mentioned Connecticut, Long Island. I think that'll be part of where the move goes and, and maybe Westchester. But I think they're going to be headed to the Carolinas. I think they'll be headed to Texas. I think they'll be headed to Florida. Anecdotally, the, the cost of a U-Haul leaving California, 2500 bucks, 2000 bucks, and you take it from uh, California to Texas. If you take it back, that same U-Haul is going to cost you 400 bucks because you're doing U-Haul a favor. That's exactly right. Look, the exodus has been going on for a while. New York has lost 1.25 million people just in the last decade alone. And now when you see... Shootings are up 58%. Homicides are up nearly 50%. We're only talking this year. Who would want to stay here to live a place that's so expensive? And then at the same time, you're not safe anymore either. I see it in New Jersey. What's the market seeing in Connecticut? I know real estate agents saying they're having the best years of their lives during a pandemic because everybody wants to get out of the urban areas and at least somewhere else. But I also have a lot of friends going to Texas. I know four people now that moved to Texas in the last month because Obviously, uh, the taxes are a lot lower. There's no state income tax. It's just a nicer place to live with the weather and the people. So, yeah, I think New York's dead, too. I agree. All right. So then the the only thing, there's got to be a requirement now. If you, And I know we can't do this. This will be a joke, Mark. But if you're going to move out of one of these liberal states, how about you pledge to the new state that you're not going to adopt all the failed policies um, of the states you just left? Well, you know, nobody knows how bad this is going to get. I'm talking to the people who run these real estate agencies. They're all closed. You can't list your apartment. You can't list your house. The offices aren't open. The brokers aren't open. It could be millions of people leaving New York. We don't even know the full extent of it. Last year, uh, Governor Cuomo set the record for the most people leaving his state of any state in the country. In fact, uh, they say he was U-Haul's top salesman last year. This year, he will be like Mark McGuire. He'll set a record that nobody will ever believe for for leaving the state. And so what does that I, I mean for, like, people that buy all those expensive apartments in New York? And what does that mean for them? Well, you got to remember something with this uh, defunding the police. The super rich or the Park Avenue types, they'll put in their own security. They'll hire their own security guards. This is going to affect the minority. Okay, but even they don't, they don't want to lose money on their property. I would assume they want to make money on their property. Yeah, well, it's probably too late now. Prices are already down, like, uh, 30% in New York and plunging. And again... When those offices open and all the listings start, and you have a million apartments come on the market at once, prices will plunge. Crime is everywhere. Stores are boarded up. It's, it's a nightmare here. And we've got another year and a half of this crazy mayor and another two years of this crazy governor running things. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break. More with uh, Mark Simone, Joe Concha on the other side. Uh, then we'll get to your calls. Final half hour of the program. Uh, an awesome Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox. And as we continue, Mark Simone, Joe Concha with us. Um, all right, so you're going to see this mass exodus happen. And I'm just wondering, you know, we look at polls. I, 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 have, a, I have a group of polls in front of me, polls done by somebody that I know that was totally, completely right. There were not many pollsters that were right. How do you read the polls now, Joe Concha? Because there were only, I think, 16 out of 200 and some odd polls in 2016 that said Donald Trump would win. I read them on as irrelevant, because I saw the polls in July of 2016, and it's almost identical to Hillary Clinton's lead, the lead that she can never possibly relinquish, particularly Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and we all know what happened there. The bottom line is that this race comes down once again to those three states, along with Ohio, North Carolina, and Florida, and if the president wins four of those six states and holds everything else that he had in 2016, he will be president again, and if, if the Democrats had a strong candidate, I'd say he was in trouble. They do not, and once we get to know Joe Biden's positions more, after Labor Day, it's going to be big trouble for Joe Biden on Election Day. And what are, what are, you, what are your thoughts on it, Mark Simone? 
Well, listen, the polls are rigged by 12 to 15 points. Uh, John McLaughlin has broken down how. Uh, I always ask DNC guys off the record, why do you rig these polls like that? And they said, it's just because it helps with fundraising. You get those big donors. If they think Biden can win, they start writing checks. You know about this uh, Professor Helmut Northup? He's at Stony Brook. He's the yep, best. 91% chance he says that, that Trump wins. And he has him at 362 electoral votes. Now, this guy is deadly accurate every time. So I would go with him. Yeah, I go with him. And by the way, our pollsters, McLaughlin, you mentioned one, Scott Rasmussen, not Rasmussen Reports. Uh, number two, Matt Towery, number three. Uh, there's this uh, pollster that that is more local out of Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. He, he got all three of them right, and he has very different numbers as it relates to Trump in all three of those states right now. So um, it's going to be interesting to watch. But anyway, thank you, Mark Simone, Joe Concha. Always great to have you both. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program, Live Free or America Dies the the country and the world on the brink 26 days from today 117 days till election day your calls are next the countdown is on Hannity's new book is called live free or die and you can have it in just 26 more days and it will define america and the world on the brink Live free or America as we know it will die. If their policies are implemented, your freedoms go away. This this failed socialist utopia is it's predictable failure. The money doesn't add up. The promises will never be fulfilled. You know, the, the strangest thing to me, and I, I guess maybe Winston Churchill's old adage, if you're 20 and you're not a liberal, you don't have a heart. And if you're 40 and not a conservative, you don't have a brain. May, may play into some of this. I mean, on, on the surface, well, we're going to put all our money in a pot and then we're going to st- distribute it equally and the government will make it fair for everybody. And, and all of your education from K through college is going to be paid for. Your student loans are going to be forgiven. We're going to give you a guaranteed job at, at X dollars a, a year. No matter what you do, you'll get guaranteed you're going to get government healthy food and government guaranteed vacations and you're going to get government guaranteed retirement and government guaranteed health care and everything's going to be free. And while we're doing it, we're going to get rid of oil and, and gas and we're going to dismantle the police uh, because they're enemies of the people. And then we'll go back to a foreign policy of appeasement. We're going to suck up again to the mullahs in Iran and and hopefully this time they're really going to like us. It's madness. It, it's this 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 has been tried i think from my perspective the most enlightening thing is as you research a book which i did with live free or die america and the world on the brink and it's on hannity.com and amazon.com and i i did a lot of research into and it's chapter four of the book socialism a history of failure and i and at that chapter the preceding chapter is welcome to fantasy land what is the democrats 2020 agenda and the reason when you read the socialism chapter after you read and i did this specifically the democratic agenda chapter what you begin to see is oh my gosh everything that democrats are promising that they're going to do that and again the chapter a history of failure socialism is is already been tried and you'll see wow in in gory details how not only does it fail it has failed in every manifestation 
and it has been a spectacular fail and almost always results in fewer freedoms, a not only not just a reduction in wealth, basically institutionalizing poverty. And, And when you cut out, when you add to that, the elimination of energy, the lifeblood of the world's economy, which is part of their agenda, it will be the fastest, most precipitous, most dramatic decline of a great nation in history if it's implemented. That's what's at stake in 117 days. That's why I wrote the book. I hope you'll read it because I, that's where I learned the most. Everything, every argument made, and I'll give more details as we get closer to release date. Every argument that was made, every socialist utopia that that we can that I'm chronicling, never has fulfilled, and always ends in disaster. So we can predictably say that this radical 2020 democratic socialist defund the police, no law and order, amnesty, United Sanctuary States of America confiscation of wealth, redistribution, everything's free, no oil or gas. It's going to be the, the, the quickest, the most precipitous, the most dramatic failure uh, in the history of mankind. And uh, the United States of America, again, if these policies are implemented, it will render America unrecognizable to your kids and to your grandkids. And freedom as you know it it will be siphoned away down a funnel and it's a funnel into failure. You know, I I remember warning everybody, you know, you're not going to keep your doctors. You're not going to keep your plans and you're definitely not going to save money. Well, how did that work out for everybody? Ask yourself, are you paying more? Because on average, most Americans are paying 200% more. Did you lose your doctor? Millions of Americans lost their doctor. Millions lost their plans. There is nearly 40 percent of the country now that has only one Obama Biden care exchange option. That's it. Republicans, I partly blame them because, you know, after all these phony show votes that they had about repealing and replacing when the moment came and they had an opportunity, they didn't even have a plan that they could coalesce around. And I don't care if it's health care savings accounts or Dr. Josh Umber, our friend from Wichita, Kansas. And medical cooperatives, you know, there are ways to do this and save a ton of money and give people better care. And in the case of cooperatives, I mean, you end up getting 24-7, 365 concierge care. And you end up getting deep, deep discounts on all of your pharmaceutical needs because he negotiates directly with the pharmaceutical companies. And then you also end up, you know, you get a, a catastrophic plan if, God forbid, you get cancer, have a heart attack, have a bad accident. Well, that would be covered, too, but the higher the deductible and if it's just catastrophic and you only the insurance only kicks in if it's bad, then at that point, you know what? You're covered for a, a significant reduction of money. That's what insurance is supposed to be about. And there's ways to do it. Imagine a healthcare cooperative in Wichita, Kansas. They've got, what, a thousand, two thousand people just in that one practice alone. And every single patient has access to a doctor 24 seven. Every single patient gets an annual checkup. If you break your leg, if you, you know, all sorts of, you know, if you need stitches, they'll do it right there. They'll take great care of you. It's unbelievable. There's so many creative, and the Republicans screwed that up. All right, let's get to our phones. Let's say hi to Mike in San Antonio, Texas. Mike, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Oh, yeah, Sean, how you doing? 
I'm good. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, it's a great privilege to talk to you. I listen to you every day. Thank uh, you, sir. I have a yeah, I have a question that I would like to ask and and maybe get your thoughts on about the defunding of the police department. I was thinking about that. I was going, well, the defunding of the police department that'll drive the crime rate up. I mean, these are the Dems thinking this that they would drive the crime rate up, and and by doing so. They would say, well, the police department isn't actually doing their job anymore, even though it's they're contributing to that factor. And uh, then next thing they would actually try to implement is a federal police force, just like the federalities in Venezuela. And next thing you know, that hey, l- listen, well, well, at some point, they're going to have to back off this in as much as how much murder, mayhem, how, how many how many muggings, murders, rapes. Of robberies, assaults, are we going to have to sustain before we finally say this is a bad idea? Now, the fact that you even would entertain this idea is beyond stupid to me. It's like they're the stupid party, but I guess stupid is in vogue if you were to believe some of these presidential polls. Well, I just don't. I just thought I'd throw that out there because I was just thinking that if if they do get voted in, some way they're going to have to have some way to enforce their their uh, political agenda onto the American people, you know, and I'm a Republican. So I'm just, yeah. listen, that. I'm telling you, Mike, and, you and, watch, and you're going to see a, a mass you know, exodus out of these, out of these liberal States, the likes of which we've never seen before in this country. That's my prediction. Uh, thank you, sir. Stacy, Texas, next Sean Hannity show. What's up, Stacy? How are you? I'm so excited. This is the first time I've gotten to talk to you. Well, I'm excited that you called. Glad you're with us. So my comment is most Americans are hardworking. They work for someone else. They live paycheck to paycheck. They can't afford to lose their job. So do you think they feel more comfortable today or in 2016 saying they're a Trump supporter? There are stories after stories of basic modern-day witch trials going on within companies. They don't even tell their family who they're voting for. Do you think they would tell some random pollster? I wouldn't trust these Let me... Oh, no, you can't... Let me give you an anecdote that I think you'll appreciate. There are people that pull me aside, people that, for whatever reason, they they can't be too vocal about their political views for, for varying reasons, okay? And they pull me aside and they're like, oh, trust me, we're all supporting Trump. Trust me, we're out there. But they're never going to say it to their friends or family. They're never going to speak it in their place of employment. And, you know, what percentage of the voting public is that going to be? I, I don't know how you possibly even calculate that, but I, I believe it's significant because it happens to me a lot. lot more. I yeah, think there's I, I, a lot listen. more than we'll ever, ever realize. But the best thing, Stacy, we can all do, and I have this mindset and I've had it my entire career. Right now, I believe with just 117 days to go that nobody ha- nobody can tell you what will happen on November 3rd. If you want to watch the liberal media choke on we can now project that Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president of the United States. It's going to take everybody to get, you know, get out and vote. That's why we have, you know, everything you need to know about voting in your state and your congressional district on Hannity.com. And I'll tell you that I always like to act like we're behind. 
I want to believe that we're down by six, to use a football analogy that Linda would never understand, and we have no timeouts, and we got the two-minute drill, and we got the ball at our own 20, and we got to go march down 80 yards, cross the plane in two minutes, and kick the extra point to win. Because remember, for a Republican, it's Florida, it's Georgia, it's North Carolina, it's Ohio. You, you, you got to then, you know, pick off Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, maybe, maybe even Minnesota will be in play. You got to hold Arizona. You got to shoot for Nevada. You got to shoot for New Mexico. You got to shoot for New Hampshire. You got to shoot for, you know, or try to attain, to use the right word, uh, the congressional district uh, number two in Maine. But you got to play like you're behind. There's got to be urgency. To me, I, I don't live a life without urgency. I have deadlines constantly. The, you know, the light goes on at 3.06 Eastern time and I got to go and I got to be there and I got to be on. Same at TV. You know, Tucker says the great Sean Hannity coming up. I got to be there. Um, I know a lot of people don't live their lives with that kind of urgency. And, and I don't know why I just, I've been like this since I'm, you know, I came out of the womb, but it's up to you, Stacy. Tell all your friends. Uh, Kathy in North Carolina will be watching North Carolina very closely, very early in 117 days from now. It'll be a big indicator which way this night is going. How are you? Glad you called Kathy. Hey, Sean, the great Sean. Thanks so much for taking my call. So I just have a suggestion. Um, This has been on my mind, actually, for 30 years. Uh, Get rid of the demographic box. We don't care if you're white, red, polka dot, pinstripe. The most helpful. Listen, at the end of the day, you know, we've got to remember and and 9-11 was a moment that brought us together. And it, it, you know, I know every poll is broken down demographically. I know we break down employment numbers demographically, for example. Um, You know, I always said about the deep state, the FBI and the intelligence community, that there was one percent that was corrupt, one percent that abused power, one percent that basically was involved in an attempted coup. Um, with the cops, you know, it was universal. Everybody agreed this, this can't happen again. What we witnessed on live, you know, on television again and again. And that's what happened to George Floyd. That can't happen. But that's the 1%. You know, I believe that the 99% of good cops that go out there every day, um, are there to protect and serve. And I'll say this about the American people. I believe the percentage similarly is very high that Americans, uh, are not racist. There are racist. There is racism. There are too many racists and too much racism. But I believe most Americans believe we should be, you know, one glorious nation under God. And we are one united American family, as the president, you know, always says and closes out his rallies with. And I believe most people are like that. I, I won't put a percentage on it. Do we want to do we want to always marginalize that that percentage of people that buy into evil and prejudice and bigotry and racism. Yeah, everybody agrees. Most intelligent, if you're intelligent and you have a heart, and you know, we, you know that we're, there's one God that created us all. That's my belief. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern Fox News. Uh, quick hit with Mark Levin. Then the president will be joining us. 9 Eastern tonight, Hannity, Fox News. Please set your DVR so you don't miss a second. A lot of ground to cover. Biden speaks. The police have become the enemy. Of course, I'll defund them. We'll reallocate. He adopts the most radical socialist agenda of AOC and Bernie. And it's the biggest choice election 
in American history, and you will decide it in 117 days. All right, Hannity tonight. The president joins us, 9 Eastern, Fox News. Please set your DVR. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us.